At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> Redwood Forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This is Playing Around with Paige Renee. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Playing Around. You're with Paige and Amanda. Did you do any fun things this last weekend? <laughs> I feel like we're so lame that it's always like, yeah, I sat home and did nothing. Or <laughs> you're like, I played video games. Yeah, like, that's, that exactly, is our weekends. that's exactly what I did. You had a more exciting weekend, which we'll talk about to in a sec. But so remember last weekend when I said that Goldman looked like something in Fortnite? that he belonged in <laughs> yeah. Fortnite. So I've only been playing Fortnite for about a week and a half, maybe two weeks at this point. And I was playing on Saturday. I was doing duos with one of my followers. And next thing we know, Goldman. I see a legitimate Goldman. Like it literally looks like the Goldman statue is in there. And I was like, oh my God. And the coolest thing about that Goldman skin, whatever it is from whatever season, it turns all the weapons gold. So the weapons are like gold. Like that's the man's gold. And I was like, I literally spoke it into existence. I had no idea that Goldman existed in some capacity in Fortnite, but it did. And that was, that was just really exciting. And I was, I was, I was really excited about that. Goldman is haunting us wherever yes. we go. Like you can't <laughs> escape Goldman. But it's actually really cool because we we were texting back and forth about this, but you're really into video games and you like to stream. And so I was like, you should start a Twitch channel. Like that should be something that you should do. And you're like, oh, I don't know if I should do it or not. And you did, did it. So I'm really excited about that. How's it been going so far? So um, I haven't, I'm gonna, gonna do my first stream today sometime after we record the pod. So by the time it comes out tomorrow people can go back and um I guess watch the VOD but it's it's so far it's gonna you know it, it seems good you know I tweeted it out and people followed so it's always good like whenever you can get people to click a link like that's that's a step in itself <laughs> and then I'm gonna talk about the matchups because the um the Dell match play groupings are gonna come out in a little bit so we're gonna talk about that I'm gonna do you know my favorite matchup um bracket stuff for that with viewers and stuff so I think it'll be a lot of fun I'm I'm excited to talk about golf betting and just chat with my followers. But but you, now you had an exciting weekend. Now let's pivot from my my lameness. You went and did something that I think a lot of golfers can relate to. <laughs> yeah, so I, I I go up and down with this and sometimes I hate golf. Yes. Like, I absolutely despise it. I don't want to play. I have no desire to play. The last thing I want to do is either go to the range or just practice or play. Like I just don't want to do it after like years and years of grinding through junior golf and college and professionally. I just kind of lost it. Mm -hmm. But recently I have the golf bug back. And so for the first time, and I don't know how long I went to the driving range to just hit golf balls for fun 
just to practice, to work on my game. And I went out there incognito. So sometimes I hate going to the golf course because I have my name on my bag and I feel like people are looking at me. And in my mind, I have this idea that like everyone hates me and they all think I'm so bad. And so I think that's part of it. Like I don't want to go to the range and have people look at me. And when I'm trying to like tinker with my swing and I'm hitting bad shots and of course like someone will drive up, they'll watch me and then I'll hit a bad shot and they're like, oh yeah, she does suck. And I'm like, no, (laughs) like I don't want to give people, you know, that uh, the benefit of the doubt it's like, ah, that she does suck or she's, you know, not as good as, you know, I thought she was. And so that really like gets in my head because as we all know, golf is so tied into our ego and I have worked so hard and I don't want people to see me hit bad shots. And so I went to the range this time. I had like a hat on. I had my sunglasses on. I had my hair like tucked up into my hat. I had like this huge like oversized like men's. It was actually like a men's golf shirt. I had like a collar on. I wore like pants like literally nothing like myself. Yeah. And so I went to the driving range and I was striping it curing it like Ooh. best I have ever hit it my swing felt good I was actually hitting the positions I was working on and I was like okay like golf is actually fun and it was interesting because people were coming up to me obviously like not knowing that it's me so I again just went there like holding clubs like n- there was no in- incognito no one knew it was me and they were like are you on the LPGA tour <laughs> do you play professionally and I am so used to posting a swing online and all of the comments be like, you suck, you never made it on tour, like you can't break 80, like all of this stuff. But in like real life, I showed up and people were like thinking I was on the LPGA tour. They're like, oh, when does your season start? All of this stuff. And it was such a one, a confidence boost to be like, okay, I actually don't really suck at golf. Not at all. And two, it really shows you that we get so tied into social media. Mm -hmm. And we think that what people say online, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever it may be, is our reality. And so we start to think, oh, I... My body looks a certain way mm-hmm. or my face looks a certain way or I'm not as good as this because you, you get all of this negative feedback from people. But in real life, people are actually nice. And I think we forget about that and that it's like you should go out, leave your phone at home and like experience people and how nice they can be. And I think that we now think that people aren't nice because we're so used to seeing horrible things on social media every single day. Yeah. And of course, there are people out there who are terrible and we hate them. But there are a lot of really good people. And so that was something that was really fun for me to, like, go and enjoy the game and actually get, like, positive reinforcement from being there compared to it's, like, posting online and you get so much hate. But I was like, okay, I'm striping it, striping it on the range. And it's like I wanted to go out and play. But we all know that when you have the best range day of your life, the next day, you literally shit the bed. Yes. Like, you're going to go on the first tee, you're going to still probably, like, snap hook it or just completely slice it right. You're going to feel like you've never held a club before. You're going to contemplate quitting, breaking every club in your bag. And I think that's why we all love golf, because (laughs) it is seriously the most toxic relationship, and I've had plenty in my entire life. Like, there's something about golf where it's like, you love it so much one day, and you you feel like you're on top of the world and the next day you're like what the fuck just happened literally no I, I've never played before yeah no I've had some of my like I remember one time I qualified for a USGA event I had my tea time mixed up from the tournament so I played like a three-day tournament the day before it ended on Wednesday and then on Thursday was my qualifier and I had my tea time from the Wednesday tournament mixed up with the qualifier tea time and my dad's like we should just turn around like or you're not even we're not gonna get there in time whatever we get there maybe five minutes to spare I rolled one putt I'm standing on the first tee trying to set my push card up like as they're you know saying like on the tee from blah 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 Amanda Rose shit I'm like trying to do all this stuff all I hit was the one or two putts and I ended up qualifying and it was like one of the best rounds I'd ever played really tough course hardest qualifying course um in the USGA's like qualifying rotation that year and it was one of those things where I was like I 
I had no expectations and it was like I, I just thought I was gonna go in and shit the bed and then I didn't and I was like all right maybe I don't need to like warm up maybe I need to mess up all my tea times but golf's like just such a weird game like that where you know you you have one day where you hit it so well or you have a great rain session and then you know 30 minutes later when you get to the first tee it's like you've never hit a golf ball before I've had so many rounds, competitive rounds, where it's like the practice round before I go out, I'll shoot, you know, like a 62, 63. And then I next day, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And then I remember I played a USGA qualifier, US Open qualifier years ago. The practice round the day before was the worst practice round I've ever had. I couldn't make contact. I literally yeah. couldn't hit the golf ball. And my parents were looking at me and they're like, what what's going on i lost like multiple balls off the tee on the first couple holes. i could not find a fairway next day shot 71 ended up qualifying and it's just the weirdest thing happens and there will be times where i'm on the range and i'm striping it before i go out and play and i will sit there and hit until i start hitting bad because yeah. i'm like i need it in my mindset i was playing in scotland for the scottish open and i was hitting it the best i've ever hit it and I couldn't miss. And I was just hitting and hitting and hitting. And my swing coach was there caddying for me, Tyler Hall. And he's watching me. He's like, you're hitting until you hit bad, aren't you? And I'm like, yes, just leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like so in my head about it. But it's the same thing too. It's like if I start off with a birdie, I'm going to have yes. a terrible round. If I start off with a bogey or a par, I'm like best round of my life is yeah. about to happen. I'm good to go. But it's like the, the birdie is just like a kiss of death. No, our um, my my good friend and our friend uh, Samantha Marks, she always says that. She's like, no, I will, I will purposely hit it so far like past the hole. Like I will not make a birdie. She could have a tap in for birdie on the first hole and she's going to like John Rahm it and like, you know, just kind of like, eh, okay, and then get it in there like she's like I'm not making birdie on the first hole and I feel the same way it's like the, the post birdie on the first hole round f up yeah because it gives you so much hope yeah like, I am one under yeah. like this is gonna be the round of my life and then you lose a ball and you're like well okay and then you just keep making bogey after bogey <laughs> after bogey but it's like you start with a par or a bogey you're like it's fine I can get it back. I'm calm now. I got the worst of it out of the way. Same with like the first tee shot. So, yeah. so here's the weird thing though. The first tee shot though, if I don't hit the fairway, it's going to be a horrible day off the tee for me. So really? I need to hit the fairway, but then make bogey from fairway and then I'm good to go. So what we're saying is that we're all crazy. Golfers yeah. are crazy. <laughs> yes. I, yeah. I mean, it it, 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 it amazes me that it took me like so long to realize that golfers are like the most insane, worst humans ever to live, but I love every second of it, you know? Well, we are literally in the most, like, toxic, emotionally yeah. abusive relationship I with know. this game. I it know. constantly just, like, messes with your mind. Mm -hmm. It will bring grown men to their knees oh, yeah. and cry. There's mm -hmm. just something about it. I talk about this all the time on the podcast. I don't know what it is. I don't know why it does this to people. You think of any other sport. You never see someone, like, miss a free throw and they're, they're like on the ground like crying like I'm gonna quit basketball forever I'm never gonna play ever again but with golf it just yeah. it does I don't know if it's because it's such an individualized sport and you're out there by yourself for such a long time and mm. it's just you and the golf course and you can't escape it you can't just like walk off or have yeah. someone sub in for you it's like you right. are you emotionally torture yourself mm -hmm. every single day when you play golf yeah every day. and it's everything that you do on the golf course is you it's no one else so it's no one else is going to be there to help you so and it's just it's tough but it's fun like that's it's kind of the beauty of it but we find excuses we'll always we find excuses yeah. i mean oh I, the wind changed as soon as i hit it just kissed it all it my caddy's too old that duck was staring at me i love that commercial <laughs> yeah what's the best excuse you've ever used um that's a great question. I mean, usually my back, but my back will give out and whatever, you know, I'll get like a spasm. I'm like, oh, it's it's been the back for the last 15 holes. It's not just on 16, you know, it's been the back the whole time. Just something, usually some, if something starts to bother me on 18 or 15 or whatever, like that's usually when that's the excuse that comes out. But what about, what about you? You probably have a good one. I had, yeah. <laughs> I, mine is blame it on other people. And for me, it's the person who's closest to me, which is my caddy. Yes. So if my caddy is doing something that annoys me, it will just completely rattle me. <laughs> my dad, he caddied for me in junior golf for like two events and he would carry the bag and the clubs would rattle. They would like hit each other. <laughs> oh. I drove you nuts. 
oh, drove me nuts. <laughs> and I would like, if I hit a bad shot and he took a step and I heard it rattle, this like demon came out of me. And I would just like <laughs> storm my head. And he was just like, I'm not doing this anymore. My mom had to caddy for me a couple times. We had rotation through yeah. caddies because it was just bad. My mom would carry for me and she would drop things all the time. Oh, no. And so I would just, yeah, she would kind of like lag behind too. I was like, Aww. you need to, come on, hurry up, hurry up. You need to move faster. You need to walk faster falling behind. Then I had um, a significant other caddy for me. I've done that twice. Never do that. It's not a good combination. Oh, no. But I hate when like another pet peeve of mine is when people chew loudly. Ooh. I despise it. And so this is before they changed the rule where you um, couldn't line people up anymore. So what he would do to just like get under my skin, he did this on purpose. This one I think was actually justified. The other two were not justified. My parents didn't deserve this that. Is, this is a significant other caddying for you? Yeah, significant okay. other. He would take a bite of food before, right before he would line me up. So he would be in my ear lining me up, chewing on like one of those like Nature Valley bars. Why? And you know, those are like the most crunchy things ever. I think he just hated me it was a very toxic relationship and he just like chew in my ear and I would just be standing there ready to hit my shot just getting more and more worked up and I'm just like you need oh to walk away <laughs> you can't do this anymore oh my God. and um yeah those are so those are my excuses I would just blame the caddy all the time all the, the time. nature valley bars yeah it was the Nature Valley bar that definitely got me. But I was like, the combination of me playing golf competitively, which was not great for me mentally. I was not, yeah. not, not there, as you guys could tell. I'm very unhinged. <laughs> I'm the same. And then, then the chewing on top of it. Yeah. Oh, even now, it just like makes me so incredibly <sighs> mad. Just like irritated. But we love golf. I... After I had that amazing rain session, I didn't end up playing. It rained. So I think the golf gods actually saved me for once they in my did. life. They're like, you're about to have the, the worst round of your life and we're going <laughs> to save you from that. So we're going to we're gonna give you a little bit of rain. So we'll see when I go out again if it's good or bad. And I will report back to the podcast. I know you guys are all highly invested yes. in my golf progress. <laughs> okay, so we have had the Valspar. Man, I really... Did not care about the Valspar. Yeah. I'm just gonna put it out there. I there wasn't really any interesting storylines. Nothing that exciting really happened. Um, Sam Burns ended up winning in a playoff, but I just really wasn't that excited for it. I think coming off of the players, we have the WGC match play coming up, and then also the Masters. Mm -hmm. I feel like this tournament is just kind of like slides right in, yeah. and it's there, but it's never really that exciting of a tournament that I look forward to. Yeah, and that's interesting you say that because this year they actually had a, a very good field. I think it was five of the top 10 or top 20 or something. So, you know, we Dustin Thomas coming down to the end, Sam Burns, like I've been saying for a long time, he's one of the best players in the world and he's been proving it between him and Patrick Cantlay I truly believe and now with Cam Smith winning it you know for a third time um in the last calendar year I think he's you know there's four guys that have won three times Cam Smith Hideki Cantlay and Burns and I just I think Sam Burns is just absolutely incredible you know he's won those three times since he started working with like a stat guy um Mark Horton so he everything that Sam Burns has done in like the last 18 months has just been so incredible and such a testament to how talented he is. And I, I think he's going to kind of be an underrated player, but I think he kind of likes it there. Like he's not like Brooks. He's not, you know, butthurt by people not really paying attention to him when Morikawa is there and Hovland's there and these other young guys. And I think Sam Burns is just, he has the right mentality. He has the right game for it. I think he's peaking at a great time in his career. So I just think that Sam Burns is really incredible. I mean, that putt he made in that playoff uh, on yesterday on Sunday was just amazing. Sam Burns is just, I don't know, he's he's really good. But I... Out of those four players that you listed, who do you think is going to emerge as the best one? I'm leaning towards Cantlay yeah. just because he has such a solid demeanor where he never seems too up or too down. Mm -hmm. He's just really focused on what he's doing and he has a very solid game. But you're right. I think Sam Burns is underrated. Yeah. When I, I, every time I look at his name in the field, I'm like, ah, maybe I'll pick him, but yeah. I never end up doing it. And then he, you know, he gets it done. He wins, and he is pretty consistent for the most part. He's a top ten machine. Yeah, had a kind of a bad West Coast swing, um, but he always seems to kind of pull it together now. So yeah, Sam Burns, interesting one. But out of those four, who are you liking the best? You know, that's a great question. I always kind of thought, you know, maybe Cantlay, but I think Cam Smith. 
really ha- I think Cam Smith has the right mentality when it comes down to it and but at the same time Hideki has a master's tournament you know he's a Japanese Olympian you know he's a national hero for Japan so there's so many different factors that go into it but you know what wouldn't surprise me if Sam Burns actually did come out being you know the top but I think that those four players they all have really different games albeit they all are elite players I think that will separate them in the end and but at the same time, I think they're going to all have equal success doing things differently. And that's that's why I just think that those three guys, they're kind of underrated. And people, I mean, can't like people are paying attention to. But there's just, there's a lot of really good young players right now. When you compare the players that you just mentioned to the bigger names, so obviously a Colin Morikawa, do you feel like Morikawa is overrated? A little bit. That we were touting him as the next Tiger Woods, and he has he's had success, but it really hasn't been as, I would say, consistent as maybe some of the other players. But you see someone like a Cam Smith who is now consistently winning, or a Sam Burns who's kind of always in the mix. And Morikawa, mm-hmm. he's in these fields. like He yeah. is playing, but he's not even really in the mix that often. Now, do you think it's his putting that's holding him back, and is he an overrated player? I think a little bit of the putting, and another thing I see with Colin Morikawa, he's the kind of guy that he's not going to finish top 10 every single week, but he is going to make the cut. Like, even if it's not a great course for him, he's going to make the cut, he'll finish 50th, whatever. But I think everyone, because he just, he won the WGC, and then he won the the Open, and everyone just kind of, it's like, he's the new shiny thing, and everyone's like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, what are you going to do, what are you going to do, what are you going to do, but I think he's probably going to be more like a Rory, you know, I think Rory's had an absolutely incredible career, I don't think Rory's the next Tiger, Rory is just an entity onto himself in terms of how he handles press on in terms of how he handles himself how he handles the game how he handles everything and I think Morikawa is kind of on a track to be his own entity as well and not you know really as comparable to Tiger because no one is Tiger like until we get someone that comes out and is going to win 20 times in his first like three four five years on tour multiple majors just absolutely decimate the field it's hard and everyone wants this next tiger but like can't we just enjoy how many fills or how many ernie elses we have right now how many nick faldos like how many other great players that have a chance to be number one in the world that are going to win majors are going to have long you know 20 year plus careers so i think people i think we really should be looking more for that like the longevity in it than um than like the tiger aspect but that's just me like what do you think about that I go back and forth because I think there's something so special about having one dominant player Mm -hmm. who kind of carries the sport, you know, and we had that with Tiger. He um, is charismatic. He, you know, was a bit of an enigma. Mm -hmm. You didn't really know what you were going to get from him and um, his press conferences, but he was dominant and he was, he was a fierce competitor. Mm -hmm. And there's almost something about this, like, nice guy persona that we're getting from a ton of players on tour right now that I don't really like. I I like watching that, you know, head-to-head fierce competition. Mm -hmm. And with Tiger, you would get that. I felt like he almost brought that out of other players Mm -hmm. where it was really intense. And now it's like you can tell all the guys really like each other and they get along. And that's great for them. But I would almost love to see someone emerge and I feel like Brooks tried to be this person and he just yes he wasn't dominant enough he was for a little bit but right now it he hasn't continued to be as dominant but I would love to see someone like that who is cocky and doesn't really care about you know the feelings of the other players and just going out there and dominating because I think that that's good because it elevates the game of other people but you're right we are seeing now so many amazing players across the board which is giving us awesome golf to watch you never know who's going to win week in week out but I I'm just missing kind of that like intensity that we had with Tiger and seeing someone be so dominant and so special and people want to go out who have never even watched golf before to watch Tiger Woods play yeah because he transcends the game and I feel like we're just kind of missing that right now it's like yeah Cam Smith, awesome. Love the mullet. Seems like a great guy. Sam Burns, <laughs> awesome. Like, he's a good player. Patrick Cantlay, heard he's funny behind the scenes, shows no personality when he plays. It's like, 
where's the spark? Where is this, like, there's something missing right now, I feel like, on the PGA Tour, where there's just not that, like, fieriness, that competitiveness. And Bryson brought it. Brooks, you know, he brings it, but they're not not in the mix. Rom brings it, but it's like they're not in the mix anymore. So it's just kind of like all these nice guys doing well, and everyone wants, you know, (laughs) to see each other do the best that they can. And there is some appeal to that. But personally, I like like that, like, head-to-head, that competitiveness that I just kind of feel like golf is missing right now. There's no spark to me. I get that. I can see that. But I don't know, I, I kind of like, I I, li- I don't, I don't, I guess just kind of being like just a huge golf nerd and just kind of loving the game. I enjoy seeing new people do stuff, like different guys do stuff. Like if, you know, we go a season and someone doesn't win twice, all right, like that's fine by me. And, you know, I know some people want the, you know, six win seasons again, but I don't know. I don't, I, I think it's interesting because it's almost like. A wine flight, you know, because you're just you're getting yeah. to try all of it. You're seeing how all <laughs> of it is, you know. You're so you're kind of like getting a little taste of it all. But I don't know. It's uh, the the golf isn't a, isn't an interesting place right now. That's for sure. But I feel like a majority of the golf fans feel the same way that you do. You know, I think people got sick of seeing Tiger winning all the time and they wanted to see new people win and be in the mix. I think that I just kind of standing on an island by myself where I miss that <laughs> and I like seeing someone be so dominant. It was great. But I think that's why, it, which is great in itself, but I think a lot of people are really enjoying golf right now because there are so many players and young players who are doing so well and you don't know who's going to win. And that in itself makes it very interesting. And I think that's why we're seeing golf actually grow because there are so many different players that have their own little fan clubs and have something that makes them different and Mm -hmm. I think that the tour does a good job of highlighting that but I still think that we could do a better job of seeing more of their personality and I think that would help as well because I love golf I played it forever I consider myself a golf fanatic Mm -hmm. but for something like the Valspar I wasn't super excited to tune in and to watch because there wasn't yeah. anyone on the leaderboard for me that was really exciting. But if you put yeah. someone like a Tiger Woods in the mix or even like a Rom or someone who could give us something more than just, you know, some good golf, then I probably would have been a little bit more excited to tune in and watch. And it just didn't pull my attention away from March Madness. So yeah. again, I, I think a lot of casual golf fans maybe miss having someone who's you know more dominant but I think a lot of people really like how golf is going right now so we'll see but I am excited for the WGC match play tournament that is coming up it is one of my favorites but before we get into that Amanda who hates college basketball more you or Bryson DeChambeau You know what? It's probably Bryson that hates it more. It's not that I hate it. I just didn't realize we were doing a whole bracket last week. So I just (laughs) didn't really come prepared. And that was on me. And so thank you for not firing me. Um, So I don't know. Bryson probably hates it more. But like when I saw him fill out that bracket and the NCAA like tweeted it. And then he's just missing like three teams at the bottom. And I sent it to you. I'm like, what? What is wrong with him? Like, what is going on with this man? Like, I don't understand. He didn't fill out half half of the bracket. He just left it blank and then continued on. And then they retweeted it. Wasn't anyone like, hey, yeah, you need to like fill out the rest of the bracket? Or is he just like, I I know my my final four. I don't need to fill it out, I guess. guess. Just such a a weird move by all parties involved. Like, why didn't anyone check that? Why does he do things like that? It doesn't take that long to fill it out. Oh, why did he why does he do that? I just didn't even realize it. Honestly, that's like something I would do. I remember one time I um the only time I ever got C in Spanish class, I was like a A plus Spanish class student. I speak Spanish fluently, so that helps. But um I missed an entire page of an AP Spanish exam and I ended up getting a C on it because I got everything right except I left that entire page blank. And I went back to the teacher and I was like, why didn't you tell me? And she's like, What do you mean? And I was like, You could have told me. I was like, you know I'm in the running for like the top language student award for the senior awards and you just let me get a C? Like, I can't believe you just did that to me. But I, you know, I I wish that Char Char would have said something like, hey, Rosita, got to fill out the rest of the OHA. And I would have been like, gracias. And it's just, you know, I I don't know. Someone needed to tell Bryson, fill out the rest of the, uh, the bracket there, buddy. There's a lot of things that I feel like I'm actually okay at. 
speaking Spanish is not one of them. <laughs> so I was homeschooled and yes. they didn't have a language portion of the homeschooling program that I was doing. And so I had to go to Scottsdale Community College, which <laughs> I was mortified. I was like 16 yeah, going awkward. to like this community college. I, we were driving over and I was just like, mom, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. And she's like, well, it was your decision to be homeschooled. And I was like, I hate you. I hate you. But I, for some reason, I can't, I just, I could write it. I could never speak it. I think yeah, it's because I sound so American when it, when I speak it. It's like, may amo page, like, may gusta jugar al golf. And people are like, there you go. I know exactly what you're saying, though. It's so I've always, but it doesn't sound good. Like I, I never had like that, that like flow to it. Yeah, you got it's, it's all the muscles in the mouth, and like I would say, the last few years, I've lost some of my speaking ability. Where I, you know, the like I'll feel kind of the muscles in my tongue. Like I'll be trying to roll my R's, and instead it just goes blah, and I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> that was not what was supposed to happen. So it's all like the muscles in the mouth that you gotta figure out and like all the regional accents are different so you got to figure out where to put your tongue and your teeth and it's it's a lot of fun like I really enjoy language language and like archaeopaleontology are my favorite things in life um and I guess golf too but uh (laughs) there's any time I can study something other than golf I'm happy yeah no it just it wasn't for me I remember had a couple exams oral exams oh those are the worst the worst and they gave us like five questions that we had to basically like memorize responses to and this was in college of san diego state and i would do really well in the exams because i could remember how to write it and i could you know i was pretty good there but then for the oral part we were sitting down and she asked me the first one that was on the list and i'm like i i was practicing it i memorized it i was like over and over and she like went off script and my face just went completely blank and she's like, you have no idea what I just said. And I was like, no, Aww. nothing at all. And she started laughing at me. And so she went to the next response, nailed it, and then went off script again. I'm like, stop doing that I to me. I don't understand what you're saying. I don't understand what you're saying. Like, keep it to the script. So that that is, I was traumatized after that. And I have forgotten all of my Spanish. That's okay. All you need is like guacamole and yeah. <laughs> quesadilla. Quesadilla. There you go. Pantalones. Mm-hmm. And actually, Biblioteca. the thing about Spanish that's interesting is like the most insulting thing you can say to someone is I shit on you because it all goes back to like the Roman Empire and plumbing and like you were seen, you know, civilizations were seen as uncivilized if, you know, they didn't have like underground plumbing or sewage systems or whatever. So in Spanish, me cago en la leche means I shit in the milk, but it means like, shit, I have really bad luck. So like, me cago en la leche. And then me cago en tu madre is like, I shit on your mom. That's like the biggest F you. You could say, me cago en tu puta madre or something to that effect. And then, you know, people are like, okay, I don't. You should have Spanish. told me that that was like a nice thing to say. And then I, I would have just up. like been going around like, hey, Sergio. <laughs> hey, Sergio, me cago en tu madre. <laughs> like, fuck you. <laughs> hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh 
refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her. Each in women's petite and plus sizes. And Stafford and Mutual Weave for him. Style and comfort for all. Even big and tall. Plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney. Make everybody count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Well, moving on to the... Match play. Yeah, to the match play. Um, I love match play. I feel like if all tournaments were match play, I probably would have made it on tour. Because I, again, I just love that, like, head-to-head. Yeah. And taking the pressure off of, like, every single shot, yeah. knowing it's like, you know what, I could blow this drive if it's like... It, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. It's one hole that's down, not like a triple and you have to fight your way back. But I love match play. And I think this is really fun. I think it's timed out really well with um, the March Madness tournament. I think everyone's already like fired up with filling out their brackets. Yeah. But let's look at the field and see if there are any players that jump out at you. I I got to ask you this question mm-hmm. because I feel like we never see a ton of top players win because Mm-mm. they don't want to win the week before the masters i feel like it's bad luck if you win the week before the masters do you think that my theory holds true no well kind <laughs> of but no so now i'm gonna give you three examples of like three modern era like really like since the shot link era or whatever that people have won um the week before major so these are three huge names so i don't know so maybe you are right but it's rory mcelroy won the wgc bridgestone right before he won the 2014 pga championship tiger woods did that in 2007 when he won the bridgestone right before winning the pga championship and then phil mickelson back in 2006 he won the bell south classic right before the Masters. so it does happen it's not quite as common now the one thing you don't want to win is the masters part three contest and then try to win so you're probably better off winning you know the week before but um yeah i don't know i i will say this though excuse me i liked this tournament better when it was normal match play and not this like round robin round robin yeah i don't like i don't like the pools like it's not soccer this isn't the world cup like give me head to head 32 matches with the 64 guys and bring it single elimination That's how it should be. And plus, it's a lot easier to make a bracket than try and be like, okay, I think so-and-so is going to have two points in this group. And then this guy's like, no, just, just, just let me do it like a normal bracket. I agree with that. I'm still going to stick, because I'm looking at the field right now. Yeah, who so do you like? the So we have the top ten players who are here, which is John Rahm, Colin Morikawa, Victor Hovland, Patrick Cantlay, Scotty Scheffler. It's crazy that he's in that. <laughs> like grouping of players i still I, he's so good and i still just like always forget about him Sam Burns, justin too. thomas xander Shoffle, and dustin johnson we're also gonna see um bryson dechambeau back which yeah, will be interesting that's not but go i'm well. no no i'm i'm not gonna pick any of those players i just don't feel that good about it especially on this golf course too you don't need to hit it long it's actually there are some risk reward holes but it's actually not the best match play course, I think. Yeah, it's not. Because you have to be really strategic. And we've seen players <laughs> like a Kevin Kistner, who I'm actually really liking again this week. Mm-hmm. He's he's trending. He's playing well. He likes his golf course. We've seen him always play well. Billy Horschel is the defending champion. Mm-hmm. He's fiery. I love watching him play. But Matt Kuchar, for some reason, is like always always in the mix so when you look at those types of players in this golf course it's not like this overpowering like you need to hit a far type of course you need to really think your way around the golf course and so i'm looking at some interesting players and to keep it consistent with march madness we're seeing a ton of upsets Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna go with i like harold varner he's been playing decent i think he's gonna have a good week I like Tyrrell Hatton. I've been on Tyrrell for a while now. He's been trending in a a really good direction. 
I am also liking, I like Paul Casey. I think Europeans just always play well in this match play uh, environment. Kevin Kisner is someone who's jumping out on this list for me. Shane Lowry, I'm also liking. Mm-hmm. Um, Tommy Fleetwood, great match play player. I think this yeah. course sets up well for him. And then towards the bottom of the list, we have Alex Norin, always an interesting player. Mm-hmm. Brian Harmon, who plays well here too. Look out for him. Yeah, good week last and um, I always want to pick Keith Mitchell. And every week I don't pick him, he plays well. And every week I pick him, he misses the cut. So <laughs> Keith Mitchell always messes me up. But who are you liking? So the two guys I really like, I'm going to go with kind of different ends of the spectrum here. I'm going to go with um, Victor Hovland. Now, he didn't have a great Ryder oh, Cup Victor record. Hovland. But he won the 2019 U.S. Amateur. So obviously he can play match play. He's such a great player. We've been seeing just how well he's been playing. He's a top 10 machine. And then another guy I really like a lot farther, a little bit farther down the list, is Minwoo Lee. He's won twice on the European Tour. He won the 2016 U.S. Junior Amateur. So he is a good player. He knows how to play match play. He's having a great season right now on the European Tour. He had a good season last year. He's been playing a little bit in the U.S. this year. Nothing too remarkable, but I think it's kind of gotten him comfortable um coming into this event so Min Woo Lee and um Victor Hovland are the two guys that I really like going to this week what do you think makes a good match play player obviously someone who makes a lot of birdies yeah but I think it's more the mindset too yeah they are super fiery they like that head-to-head competition um there's a bunch of players you think would be good at match play and they're just not like Tony Finau not good at match play Mm -hmm. No, a lot of guys, you like, think you see they... it in the Ryder Cup record, you're like, why yeah. are you not better? Like, he, and Tiger, I think, is the one that's like, why he he should win every match. Like, he should stare at people, and they should piss their pants, and then just let them win. Like, that's, you know, you would think that, but then, you know, you look at his record, it's not as strong as his, his stroke play record, and it, that, to me, is really interesting, because you would think Tiger would have that match play mentality. There's players like a Jordan Spieth or a Kevin Na great putters wear you down constantly and I think especially like on this golf course since it's a you have to like think your way through it that you have guys that are trying to bomb it out there but then you have someone who might be a little bit shorter hitter they're playing the par fives and three or they're not going for the reachable par fours and before you know it you're like how am I tied with this person they're never in the mix on the whole they're you're always out driving Mm -hmm. them and they're somehow constantly making a putt to stay in it or they're scrambling and as Playing someone like that, it's exhausting because you constantly think that's like, okay, I have them, I have them, and they're always there and they're never going away. So really scrappy players too, I think, make amazing Mm -hmm. match play competitors. Yeah, there's literally nothing worse than being in a match with someone that you very easily should be and you would beat them, you know, straight up, but you got to go, it's it's tough when they're just making the putts for par and then you're like, crap, now I really have to like force these birdies. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's always... It's always like the short hitters that are good putters. I don't know, man. A little scrappy. A little scrappy. Well, I'm excited for that. I, like I said, I love match play. I love that tournament. And I think it's a perfect warm up before the Masters, too. Speaking of great European match play players, Henrik Stenson, Euro yeah. Ryder Cup captaincy. Thoughts? You know, I'm really happy. I think Henrik Stenson is one of those guys that everyone likes him out there. He's a good energy. He's been an assistant captain. He's played on so many Ryder Cup teams. I think he was the right guy. Now, he was definitely someone that I think was in talks with Saudi Arabia, like pretty deep to go and do stuff with him. So by him accepting this captaincy, you know, he foregoes a lot of Saudi Arabian money. But I think that this will be a defining moment in his career. You know, he has the major championship. He has Ryder Cups. Like, he, to go and captain these guys that, you know, he they're like brothers. And, um, you know, Luke Donald was another guy in the mix, you know, kind of in the race. But I, I, I... I'm sure Luke Donald's a very nice guy, but he seems like the most boring person. Like if I wanted to eat a saltine cracker, like that might make a more exciting Ryder Cup captain. And I'm not even saying that to be mean. I'm not even trying to be funny. I'm just trying to describe like he's just very bland. Like he's pretty to look at, but he's kind of bland. So I don't know if I would personally want Luke Donald. I heard Graham McDowell talking about it in um, post round at the API. He was saying, you know, 
I don't want to give up my chance to, you know, still play. Like, I feel like I can still make the team. I don't know if I'm ready to be a Ryder Cup captain yet, but I also don't want to lose the opportunity because there are, there's like four or five guys that are all kind of vying for it for the next two years. So, um, I don't know. I think Henrik Stenson was, in my opinion, the best option for that. I think it'll be interesting to see how everything plays out, but I love Henrik Stenson. I'm, I'm really happy for him. Were you kind of on the same like wavelength for when they saw him? Because Zach Johnson's a fun guy for the U.S. Like another fun guy for the Euros. Like this should be a good Ryder Cup. Yeah. Are you surprised that they're going after players who are still playing? I mean, they're they're young guys. Do you think that they should give it to um, like guys on the Champions Tour instead? Or you know, half of them have already done it anyways. But I'm just surprised that it's kind of they're putting these guys in a bit of a difficult position where it's like, do you want to play? Do you want to be a captain and then play? You know, it's just hard. Kind of what Graham McDowell was saying. Mm-hmm. It's like. I still think I have a shot to do it. Yeah. And if I and if I don't take it this year, then maybe I'll miss my opportunity of being a captain. Yeah. And it's like, well, you can why can't you do it when you're playing the champions tour? Why can't you do it in ten years? It just kind of feels like they're going after players, even like Zach Johnson. Like he's still playing week every single week on the PGA tour. Zach Johnson was definitely a surprise. I was I, that one felt like a really young one. Yeah. I guess you know, I could definitely see, like, Robert Carlson. I know he was also in the mix um, with Henrik Stenson. I could see him doing it. I think he's, you know, he is over 50, so he's a little bit older. But he doesn't have a major. He doesn't quite have the pedigree. And, I, but at the same time, you kind of look at the Americans. Who else would do it? Like, Zinger's already done it. He's, you know, broadcasting. Like, there just aren't that many guys that I would be like, oh, yeah, he should captain a Ryder Cup. Because a lot of guys are just old now and, you know, don't really want to do it. And I'm sure this would have actually been a good year for Phil to captain the Ryder Cup. You know, I don't know <laughs> anything about who was in, you know, um, contention for the U.S. team. I really don't. But I, I could see Phil potentially having been an option two months ago. So it is interesting, you know, like Bernhard Langer, he's already done it for the Euros. He did it a long time ago. Whatever. Paul Laurie. Like, there's just a lot of guys that, has Paul Laurie done it? Or maybe he was in the running. I can't remember. But there's just, I don't know, there's a lot of guys that aren't that old but have already done it. So I guess they're just kind of running out of people. I don't know. And now, and I'm not saying that because I don't like these picks. I think that Zach Johnson and yeah. Henrik Stenson are great picks. I think they are phenomenal, will be phenomenal captains for both of their respective teams. But it is weird. Like you would think there would be more of like a, someone a little older, you know? Yeah. Do you think that they that name recognition is really important to bringing people, viewers in. So yeah. it's like if you have a captain like a Henrik Stenson and Zach Johnson, people know their names mm-hmm. and they're still relevant in the game of golf that actually helps people tune in or does it really not matter because they're just captains? And I don't mean that in like a <laughs> condescending way. It's like, no, no, I know you, you know, because I think they do play such an important role, but is name recognition important when it comes to mm-hmm. you know, relevancy and being a captain for people to tune yeah. in and be interested? I think it depends on who it is. So now, you know, we saw Tiger captain, the President's Cup team was a playing captain. And, um, you know, that was one thing where people are going to watch because Tiger's the captain. Yeah. You know, 2008 Ryder Cup, I'm sure people watched because it was Zinger against Nick Faldo. So there are times when there are people that people are going to tune in to see, you know, Jack Nicholas captain the yeah. Ryder Cup, whatever. I'm sure people watch that. Seve did it. People watched it for Seve. So there are going to be like certain heroes, you know, national sporting heroes that are going to be on one of the respective teams or excuse me going to captain one of the respective teams and people are going to tune in for that rather than the other but I don't know I think I don't know that's that is a good question and I'm I I don't know but yes maybe I don't I will say this Tiger's the only one who could probably do it successfully I don't like the playing captain I don't like that. I don't you, love you're it. playing or you're the captain. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like it does a disservice to the team when, of course, it's Tiger Woods. Like, you want him to play and you want him to captain. Like, who cares? Like, who cares? Come. But I, I don't love that. Like, I feel like if you yeah, I agree. have committed yourself to being a captain, that means that you should take the role very seriously and that there's a lot of responsibility to it. And you can't do both. Like, you can't do both. Yeah. And I feel like uh, Zach Johnson was an assistant. 
that year, correct? Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. I feel like he's going to be a great captain because he basically was a captain because he yeah. had to be when Tiger was playing. Like, he had to be there yeah. for all the players. And so it'll, I think it's going to be a really, really good Ryder Cup. I'm excited about it. I love Henrik Stenson. He is so incredibly Thank funny. Uh, just a quick story about him. I might have told this before on the podcast, but when I was working with Callaway, they had a big shoot and Henrik was out there, but he did something to his neck, so we couldn't hit the shot. And so I had to come in, it was a new three wood was launching, hit a three wood. I had to turn to Henrik and Henrik had to be like, wow, what a shot. Get your so-and-so three wood today. And it was the first shot I hit, no warm up. I step up, completely like chunk snap hook it into this like, into the shit. And Henrik goes, wow. And he just starts laughing. He was like, honestly, I can't even pretend that was a good shot. My acting is not that good. That was shit. Everyone was like dying laughing. And I was like, I know, I know. And I had to like do it again. Um, He has such a dry sense of humor. And I think a lot of people don't realize how funny he is. And I almost feel like Patrick Cantley is kind of like that too, where he does have that very dry sense of humor and people don't see it. Uh, But people love Henrik. He is awesome. So nice. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be a good Ryder cup. I'm excited. Team too. We're going to take a quick break. And when I come back, we are going to do some TNA together. So keep on listening. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast. How rude Tanneritos as a nostalgic voice from your past. I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. are back with T and A. So the first question is bacon or sausage? Very difficult question. I can go both ways. Sometimes I am on a full bacon kick and that is all I want to eat. It's just bacon. I remember I was at the Masters one year and for some reason I was just craving bacon so badly. And so all I had for that almost like four days I was there was just bacon. I had probably 20 pieces of bacon. But I would say sausage is definitely underrated. I love, God, I was going to say I love a good sausage, but I already know what the comments are going to be. And I do not need that as a new <laughs> New York Post headline. Um, not what I want. So let me word that one better. I like myself some sausage. I don't know if that was any better. On to the next question. On approach shots, how much emphasis do you put on the carry distance? Everything. Everything. So when you ask someone, this is actually how you can tell if someone is a experienced golfer or if they're just starting. When you ask them their distances, how far they hit each club in their bag, 
a good player will tell you how far they carry it because that is really the only distance that matters. Why does it matter? Because wherever you are, you need to know the carry distance because if the greens are softer, and more receptive when the ball lands, it's not gonna roll out as far. And so if you have your total distance on maybe a driving range or on different greens, that's going to change on every single course that you're at. But the carry distance, except for maybe if you're going to different elevations, is pretty much the same. And it is easier to adjust how far you carry it when you know at sea level it's this far, at altitude it's this far, at, you know, whatever, wherever you are, you know your carry distance and you can add or subtract really easily. And so, again, I think that sometimes we get so tied into golf being an ego game that we want to tell people the total distance because it is normally farther, but the carry distance is the distance that matters the most. So every single time someone asks me my distance, I will always say my carry distance. And with driver, I will say carry distance and then what my total ends up being. But carry distance is the most, most important number when it comes to your iron game. All, all of the clubs really but especially your wedges and your irons. And you know exactly how far they go and where they land. And then from there, you can adjust everything else. And so when people start asking you how far you hit it, um, always tell them your carry distance instead of your total distance. How to get your carry distance? You can go somewhere that has a um, track man or you can go to, I work with X-Golf and so you can go to X-Golf. They have really amazing technology where you can see exactly how far you're carrying it. And I think the carry distance there is highly accurate. The rollout, sometimes either it's a little more, a little bit less, and again, but that doesn't matter. You really just want to get your carry distance. So go through every single club in your bag, hit it a couple times, get what the average is, and then that is your carry distance. You can do it on a flat driving range. The range being flat is very important. You could do it on the golf course, and every time you hit a certain club, try to find where your ball mark is, and you can walk off how far it rolled out. Um, there's so many different ways that you can go about it, but you really just need to get as much data as possible about how far you're hitting it. Having a good range finder, um, like, I use my shot scope range finder and that really helps me too to see like how far I am, I'm hitting it. And so you can get the most accurate distance possible. <laughs> Someone asked, who takes your photos? So majority of the time, it depends on who I'm around because I do travel a lot. So um, Alex, she works on my team. Um, she travels with me to a lot of my events. And so she has started taking um, videos and some of my YouTube videos um, and some pictures. So she does that when I'm on the road. When I'm home, my mom does it. It's really funny. So my mom will take the pictures. My dad's holding up the reflector, the reflector which gives you more light. And so <laughs> people always come at me and they're like, I bet your parents are so disappointed in you. And meanwhile, behind the scenes, my mom's taking my pictures and my dad is holding up a reflector and they're like cheering me on. So they're very supportive of what I do. And in the very beginning too, my mom took all of my videos, all of my pictures. We have been a team for a very long time. When I was homeschooled, she was my teacher. So we're very comfortable with each other. And I really like when she takes them because sometimes when you're working with a professional photographer, they have a very clear vision of what they want. And sometimes it doesn't always match up to what I want. But with my mom, she just holds the camera and clicks. And so it's really my creative vision, exactly what I want. And it's always a good product. I think uh, we do a really good job working together. I also work with Brad Olson. He's a photographer in the Arizona area. He is absolutely amazing. So my more high-end uh, photo shoots that I do for my partners, whether it's with swag, for example, they do all these really cool custom head covers. We like to be really creative with the pictures, and so Brad um, does all of that photography, which is great. Uh, again, my mom is awesome, but she's not a professional photographer, and we don't have like a studio. And so when it comes to the nicer, more professional photos that I need, then Brad is my guy. So he is awesome. He's also done some video work for me, um, but he's a, a go-to of mine. 
it's really important to have like a good team around you that you feel really comfortable with, that they understand your vision and they let you be you and let you do what you want to do. And so it, I feel very comfortable with, you know, wherever I am, I know I'm going to get some good pictures, but I am looking in some more videographers in different areas. And I don't know if any of you guys listening right now are interested in that, but you can always send a message over on the playing around Instagram account or our email address, which is par at iheartradio.com. So um, I'm always interested in working with new people. I think that it's really important to work with other people because they pushed me creatively. And even though I do have a vision, sometimes my vision always isn't the correct one (laughs) or the right one or the best way. So finding people you work with creatively is really important. Who was your idol growing up? This one is interesting. I would say that it has changed over the years. So I was a competitive gymnast. And so I looked up to people like Carly Patterson, uh, Tasha Swigert, I'm trying to think of other gymnasts around that time, the Elise Ray. They were kind of the the girls that I was watching when I was doing gymnastics. Nastia Lukin. And then when it I switched over to golf, I really idolized Tiger Woods. I think everyone definitely did. I remember I was at a LPGA event one year when I was really young my dad like dragged me along and Julie Inkster threw me a golf ball and I'll always remember that I was also at Cherry Hills when they had the U.S. Open Women's U.S. Open there and I remember seeing Natalie Gulbis for the first time and she was wearing like the cutest outfit and I wanted to be like her. I liked how feminine she looked when she was out there and i really hadn't seen anyone dress the way that she dressed and that's always how I've been most comfortable and so to see someone wear really cute skirts and like tight shirts I was like that's what I even at like a young age I was like that's how I want to dress and I never thought that it was appropriate or right because every time I'd go to the golf course I would have to wear like these big baggy clothes and so seeing her gave me the confidence to really dress the way I want to dress and I was even when I was like at 12 13 And so she was really important to, I guess, my passion in the game because she made it cool. And it's kind of come full circle because she, I've done events with her now and she is like a mentor to me. We talk about so many different topics and so many different things. And um, it's really cool how I saw her. She made me feel very comfortable in my own skin and she still does that now. There are plenty of times where I'll ask her for advice or I just don't know what to do and she just gives me the confidence to like be myself and she is so incredibly smart she has had such a successful career but more importantly a successful business she is a businesswoman and I think a lot of times when you see these women who are attractive and have made their career um, not solely based off of their sex appeal but she really leaned into that And I think a lot of people just see her sometimes as that with the calendars and the show that she had, but she is so incredibly smart. She's one of the smartest people that I have met, very motivated to work. It's so fascinating listening to her and talk about her business. And she gives me business advice. And she, again, has just been a role model of mine and someone that I look up to who I've felt that has accepted me and has helped me along the way in the very beginning and now to um, what I'm doing. So she she is, she's really, really special and a cool person. And I wish people see all the different facets of her because she is incredibly smart, driven, motivated, and successful. Uh, the last one is tips for traveling with your golf clubs. I hate, I despise traveling with my golf clubs. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. They're so big and so bulky. I just, I hate it. Trips for traveling with them? I would say ship them. (laughs) No. (laughs) I actually have started shipping them a little bit more and that does make a difference. Um, Get the right size. I think is really important. If you get one that's too small, it's a pain to get your clubs in. If you get one too big, then it just feels a little bit too big and bulky. So 
Bag Boy has a lot of really good options. You can go and see all their different sizes, colors. Um, I always wrap a towel around my clubs so it protects them a little bit more. Um, there's really not much that I do except for just like you lug them around. They are heavy and they're big and they're cumbersome and they're just always in the way. So it's not that bad. Like you're really only taking them to, you know, the airport and then back. But I don't think there's really any tips. You just kind of have to get through it. And I hate it. It's probably my least favorite thing is to travel to clubs. And then every time, without a doubt, I'm in the airport line. Someone goes, is that dead body? No, it's not a dead body. It's my golf clubs. <laughs> it's my golf clubs, okay? Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I am literally no help there at all. If I figure it out a better way, I will let you know. But I have been doing this for such a long time. And they're just... They're always there. They're just in the way and they're big and they're bulky and it is what it is. It is nice though because you can put like extra stuff that you can't fit in your suitcase in your golf bag. So sometimes I'll get a bit a bit of a bigger bag, a carrying club case, uh, just so I can fit more stuff in there so I don't have to put as much stuff in my suitcase. So that's the only, I would say, benefit to it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> good luck traveling with it. It's my least favorite thing to do. But that is all for TNA today. So thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast. We had so much fun. And Amanda, where can we find your Twitch channel? What's your name? What's it under? It's AmandaGolf59. Same as my Twitter and Instagram. So AmandaGolf59. Watch me. Yeah, so go check that out. Uh, like she said, she's going to go into the WGC match play bracket, which um, wasn't up when we did this recording. So go see more of her insight over there. And as always, guys, thank you so much for supporting. Leave us some nice reviews, some five stars. Share with your friends. Um, we need all the support we can get. It's definitely difficult being um, a female-led podcast in the golf space. So all the support we can get, we really appreciate that. And we will catch you here next time. Thanks for listening. Follow Playing Around with Paige Renee on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. 